which is more valuable. Hmm. Two students in the same room, in the same culture, but one student is a, uh, you know, has mastered the language yeah. versus somebody um, overseas in the culture, you know, living the language, mm -hmm. but, but you're talking to them through a screen. Yeah. You know, which is more valuable? Mm -hmm. I, and yeah, I don't an know. Point, yeah. I don't know the answer to that, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, but it's worth yeah. thinking about. Yeah, absolutely. You're listening to Speaking of Language, a podcast recorded at the Language Resource Center at Cornell University. I'm Dan Gable, Technology Manager for the LRC. Each week, we explore a topic related to language pedagogy and second language acquisition. This week on Speaking of Language. Dan Gable and Angelica Kramer talk about the role of technology in language learning. They discuss benefits and challenges of utilizing technology for language learning and share some of their personal favorites. Welcome to a new episode of Speaking of Language. I'm Angelica Kramer, the director of the Language Resource Center at Cornell University. My colleague Dan Gable is in the studio with me today. Dan is the LRC technology manager, and naturally, we will talk about the role of technology in language learning. Usually, he works behind the scenes of the podcast, and it's great to have him on the air today. Welcome back to Speaking of Language, Dan. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Last season, you've been the co-host of this podcast, um, so our listeners have heard from you and about you. But can you share with our listeners again, what is your role within the LRC and what are some of your experiences with languages and language learning? Sure, yes. Um, so I'm the technology manager for the Language Center. There's two, two facets to uh, my job. I've always felt there's the uh, kind of making sure all the equipment is working and, mm -hmm. uh, and that we've got a running lab and sort of managing that, um, the technology behind the scenes, whether it's just... Uh, you know, imaging the computers so that they're all together, all uh, all on the same uh, operating system mm -hmm. and, and up to date and all that, um, or just planning for our various techno technology tools that we create or utilize. Mm -hmm. um, I work very closely with Sam, our yeah. engineer today, and um, but uh, but also I traditionally like to um, work with teachers and uh, you, the director. To, to look at what technologies are out there um, that could be utilized in language yeah. learning. Uh, for a long time, the attitude was, especially when I first started, this was almost 20 years ago, mm -hmm. the attitude was, um, let's think about how we want to teach the class first and then bring in the technology. Yeah. Uh, you know, don't let the, let the technology work for you. You know, mm -hmm. you're not working for the technology. Yeah, uh, uh. And I, I, um, I supported that, you know, fairly strongly over the years because I could see it just gets overwhelming and difficult, um, even to, to, to get your head around everything that's out there. Mm -hmm. uh, but now I've kind of changed my tune a little bit. I really? kind of feel, huh. yeah, I, because there's so much more out there yeah. that nobody even really knows about. Mm, that's true. I mean, every day. Yeah. I, uh, I, so, you know, here I've been working in technology for over 20 years and I am constantly blown away by like a 10 year old using mm -hmm. his phone, mm -hmm. uh, like watching, watching someone between the ages of like 10 and 16 yeah. using their cell phone compared to the way I or my wife does. Sure. It's, it's unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know, I can't even follow what they're doing. They may, <laughs> may as well be using an alien sort of interface yeah. on a spaceship. Yeah. 
Um, so I just think there's a lot out there that we aren't tuned into. And, Certainly. Yeah. And, and I, I think it's a really valuable approach to, um, to present teachers with possibilities. Yeah. The podcast is, is a perfect example. Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, teachers sort of know about podcasts. They've heard about them, or, mm-hmm. but they don't quite realize how much value there is to, uh, to having mm-hmm. this technology at their fingertips for free. Um, so there's an example where I, I would want to talk to a teacher and say, look, here's what we're doing. Here's what another teacher is doing. Here's what another teacher at another school is doing. Yeah. Um, are you interested in this technology? Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, so, so my job has changed a, a lot over mm-hmm. the years. Oh, I bet. I bet um, yeah. But as far as my own uh, experience with languages and technology, um, I've taken two courses, actually just one language course where I've taken it from like start to finish and, okay. and gotten a grade and all that. Uh-huh. I did two semesters of Hebrew uh, in anticipation of a trip to Israel. Okay. And um, so there was really, and so there was that experience um, sort of lined up against my most recent language learning experience, which was uh, Korean. Mm-hmm. And that I did on my own. Okay. Uh, I found the, the course itself to be much more, uh, sort of more uh, r- relating to students than mm, I to could your, relate to, yep. you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really just wanted to learn how to order, uh, you know, kimchi, sure. fried rice, and, <laughs> and uh, get around, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, because again, it was for anticipa- anticipation of a trip. Yeah. Um, but, but so those are my experiences with languages. And, uh-huh. uh, and I really utilized a lot more technology on my own, obviously, yeah. when I was learning no. Korean. So in neither of those courses, Hebrew or Korean, that you took, um, technology played a big role or, or did it? I would say uh, technology was a crucial role in learning Korean. Okay. Um, simply because I had no resources beyond what was on the web. And mm-hmm. right off the bat, mm-hmm. we're in mm-hmm. tech land. Sure, of course. Um, so, you know, I'm, and just because of my job and my sort of uh, the way I, I approach learning yeah. generally, um, I found myself drawn towards apps or, mm-hmm. um, you know, sort of more tech assisted, uh, ways of learning. Yeah. Um, there's a tool called memorize, which, mm-hmm. uh, which there's a, a, a large community of people who are using that and sharing their notes, mm-hmm. uh, sharing their files. I can't remember how it worked, but you, you basically could export whatever you were, mm-hmm. your notes were, uh, if you were learning a particular group of words or something, it was really for vocabulary. And, um, I learned, you know, most of my vocabulary for mm. Korean that way. Um, it's another conversation entirely, but that's how I learned the hard way that you can't just learn vocabulary and, <laughs> and pick up a language. Yes. Um, that yes. was a, another pedagogical uh, a revelation. But, um, but that's, again, another, another, another podcast episode. <laughs> but uh, anyway, yeah, I, um, so, so really I used it quite a bit for um, sort of my own solo work uh-huh. and and then for Hebrew, um, really, it was just using media online, mm-hmm. um, which is, of course is a technology. Uh, they used that in that course. They used our media library quite a bit. Okay, nice. So that's actually a nice segue into uh, the next question that I had for you. Mm-hmm. What are some of the common technology that are currently used for language learning, specifically here at Cornell in the LRC that we support, but also more generally? I think a big push has been over the past few years has been uh, one of our 
homegrown apps uh, mm-hmm. called Web Audio Lab. Yeah. Um, and but I think it's uh, interesting to talk about that just because it's it kind of represents a category of um, on you know web based interactive uh, technology where a student and a teacher are effectively there's a two way communication mm-hmm. at some point. Mm-hmm. So Web Audio Lab is you've got um, a teacher creating model recordings, you know, having drills where you can have a, a teacher record a model uh, or a prompt and then a student answers. And then, um, and then there's a visual representation of all that. And uh, it's, it's an interesting way for the student to practice, the teacher to hear what the student is doing, the, the media, the recording that the student uh, does goes to the teacher, okay. uh, to, to, to an interface of theirs. And um, we're able to uh, have the teacher communicate back to the student to correct them or, mm-hmm. or talk about mm-hmm. some aspect of what mm-hmm. they did in their work. And, uh, and, and so that's been fairly popular with teachers. It's actually replaced um, textbooks in a couple of instances. Okay. Um, and, you know, we're, we're probably going to be doing more work with Web Audio Lab. Um, I think uh, also there's some Cornell resources that are uh, widely used by teachers at this point. Uh-huh. Uh, Blackboard, certainly. Sure. Uh, you know, it's hard to do anything without a website yeah, yeah, these days yeah. to just to get the information out there. Um, Panopto, I know, has been used uh, in uh, for lecture capture. Mm-hmm. And then there's also uh, PlayPosit, which is a system, it's an online um, video delivery system that allows teachers to create questions um, and have discussion mm-hmm. and and really allows a teacher to just create all sorts of content around a uh, video. And we at the LRC have an arrangement with um, PlayPosit and uh, we are able to uh, access, you know, the full sort of pro version of it and mm-hmm. allow teachers to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a it's a really nice way for for media to to be used in a class. Yeah. Uh, and that's always been I think that's really kind of the the culture that's emerged uh, at the LRC in terms of like media um, and uh, and just creating tools for mm-hmm. a class all I think came from the original sort of what really transformed my own job here, uh, which was the big task of getting our tapes, uh, our cassette mm-hmm, tapes mm-hmm. onto the web. Yeah. Um, we kind of skipped CDs. We had a, a big collection of mm-hmm. tapes in the lab and um, enough time went by that, you know, we ended up sort of ready to put them online and yeah, hadn't yeah. gone digital really yeah, yet. So yeah. we digitized all that and put them on a website and immediately, because of the nature of our website, uh, we use a, uh, a framework called Zope. Now, uh, the people internally at LRC know that I'm mumbling and complaining and grumbling <laughs> about Zope all the time. Uh, it's got its problems. It's very old. But what was really cool about Zope is it was one of the first dynamic web production systems. So mm. it's really one of the first really content management systems where you could okay. just have an, uh, a web interface and quickly produce new media, uh, new, uh, web pages, uh, dynamically. Mm-hmm. So instead of a static page, it just gets generated on the fly based on, um, whatever yeah. criteria. So here we had this media library that, uh, with all this media and it was like, well, we also have this tool, the same tool that delivers this media to a person just clicking on a link 
um, we can create some interaction. So mm -hmm. we started, we built our own version of PlayPosit okay. and something called, uh, we call them media workbooks, mm -hmm. not, not mm -hmm. all that uh, creative of a name, but it was widely used and uh, PlayPosit has taken over a lot okay. of that. Uh, some of the functionality of Blackboard has actually also taken mm -hmm, over mm -hmm. for that. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, utilizing media for a course and yeah. being able to manipulate it and, and interact with a student uh, or, is, I think, a very uh, uh, a large portion of teachers yeah. are utilizing that technology. Well, so that um, highlights some of the benefits of, of technology, access to media, access to students, right, or access to the teacher outside of the classroom. Sure. Where do you see some other benefits of, of technology for language learning and teaching? Well, I, I really uh, think there's a, a fairly untapped area uh, of... Um, sort of immersion, mm -hmm. uh, kind of a combination of two things. So we've got uh, one technology that we've been really very active with here at the LRC is uh, our distance learning programs. Mm -hmm. Of course, we have uh, several courses that are being taught and shared with other schools. Um, it's a big part of what we do, uh, for sure. And then there's this area of uh, virtual reality that we haven't gotten into so mm -hmm. much, but that's something personally I'm very interested in. And so I can very easily imagine these technologies converging. Um, I mean, they already have, but even more so in the future, uh, where I imagine that uh, it would be quite useful for a language student, a language student studying in the States, say they're studying German, mm -hmm. to be able to uh, have a conversation with someone in Berlin. Now, this is a technology that I think is we use this already. There's entire classes dedicated to Skype conversations with, mm -hmm. with mm -hmm. you know, language pairing. Uh, but what I would love to see is a situation where two people, different parts of the world, can be in the same room the same way you and I are mm -hmm. and interact mm -hmm. in the same way that you and I are with all the gestures and three-dimensional yeah. space and personal space yeah. and all of that. Um, I see that as being a very realistic future um, and, and not very far away. So, um, so I think that's, I mean, I'm answering sort of two questions here, uh, both <laughs> what are the benefits and what is the future? Yeah. Um, yeah. but I think the, uh, the two areas that come to mind in terms of, of benefits would certainly be, uh, that immersion that technology allows. Um, and, uh, but also the uh, interaction with, you know, uh, people from all over the mm -hmm. world, the connection mm -hmm. that we can make because of the internet. Yeah. That reminds me again of the portal that we currently have on campus. Yes, right. Um, that basically does that. I mean, it's not three-dimensional, right? Because you still have a flat screen where the sure. other person sits. I think what would be really nice with immersive environments, if it's not only, you know, in a room, but if you if you can take in the the landscape, the culture. Yeah. Because um, that's what the the portal doesn't do. Right, I see. And I think for language learning and especially culture learning, that would be tremendously interesting, interesting to yeah. to see. Oh yeah, you know, cultures make those connections, see practices, yeah, um, right. and be teleported basically into the target culture. Yeah, that's great. Um, so in the literature, we always hear in terms of benefits for language uh, learning uh, through technology-mediated ways, uh, flexibility in time, space, and pace. Hmm. Right, just allowing. Um, students to engage more deeply um, outside of class or if you if you think about the confines of a classroom where you have 45 minutes or so, 
how much practice do students actually get with the language and if you have 20 minutes of that time where each student works online with something or with an app engagement is much deeper than having to wait until you're being called upon by the teacher sure so lots of of benefits of using technology but we also know uh, there are challenges where do you see some challenges with sure. technology that we currently support and use well i i, I think uh for both myself and for Sam, uh, <laughs> I think we very quickly uh, would point to the, the difficulty that some people have in using technology, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, or even even just the need for tech support. You yeah, know, yeah. I think can really halt an entire class. Oh, absolutely! Uh, in, a, yeah. in a snap, and you know, I think it's a problem. We try to respond very quickly. Yeah. Um, you know, I, but. It's just that when you when you lose the pace mm -hmm. of a class, uh -huh. uh, I think it's just lost, um, and and oftentimes you know there's unfortunately I think a lot of teachers don't think about a backup plan mm -hmm. sometimes. Yeah. When, no. um, I mean this goes even for like a presentation, like just simply using classroom technology, sure. uh, like a whiteboard. You know, what do you do when that whiteboard stops mm -hmm. working? True. Yeah. You know, it's something we've all, I think, are asking ourselves these yeah. days when it's like, what do I do with I, when I lose my phone? I don't yeah. have my phone. I can't function. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, we, we have to figure out a way to function. So I, I think that's probably the biggest um, challenge. And, you know, I, I think the same sort of concern that um, people might have who are reluctant to embrace technology at all is the uh, dehumanization of it. Mm. You know, mm. we're... Um, which is more valuable uh, hmm. two students mm -hmm. in the same room in the same culture, but one student is a, uh, you know, has mastered the language. Yeah. So you have the, the same effect of a language partner who can help you um, versus somebody um, overseas in the culture, you know, living the language, mm -hmm. but, but you're talking to them through a screen, yeah. you know, which is more valuable. Mm -hmm. And I, and yeah, I don't an know, point, yeah. I don't know the answer to that, yeah. but, yeah. Uh, but it's worth, yeah thinking about yeah absolutely i think another challenge for many teachers is the sheer amount of apps you mentioned earlier mm -hmm. that basically every day something new pops up and right. um, new technologies or, or technologies develop and evolve so i think for teachers oftentimes when something new comes around they're so excited to try to use it and i think it's sometimes easy to let technology dictate what you do in the classroom, and it really should be the other way around, right? right. Technology should support your ultimate goal and, and your outcomes. So I think that's oftentimes with um, technology in the classroom where backward design comes in. So you think about what is my ultimate goal? What do I want my students to be able to do? And which technology do I select to actually support students in that endeavor? Right. Um, so yeah, lots, lots of things to think about with utilizing technology. It's crazy. The pace at which things change. It's, it's amazing. And you know, this, the issue you're talking about here of, um, you know, teachers, I guess, being overwhelmed by apps or, uh, needing to have technology support what they're doing mm -hmm. as opposed to the other way around. Um, the one sort of balance there, I think is when you, if you, I, I find that, that, you might have a certain uh, breed of teacher who um, kind of wants it all. You know, I mean, mm -hmm, we all mm -hmm. do, but what, like, 
I want to accomplish this task. Yeah. What's out there that can accomplish mm -hmm. this specific mm -hmm. task? And then it's a question of, uh, can the technology that you're thinking about, does that exist? Can you compromise in any way? Yeah. Um, so that's why for me, there's a point where I'm not sure where that is, but there, there's a, when talking to teachers, I guess something I keep in mind is, you know, how can I allow, make space for the time mm -hmm. to locate a technology mm -hmm. that's that's appropriate yeah. because um you know because there's so many options it's really easy to just grab you know like i know i've done this too what's a, a what's a quick way for me to edit audio you know like these podcasts uh, when i've edited mm -hmm. them in the past i've i've had to um you know i, I just need a, an app that'll just be quick and dirty two-track editing yeah. and then you know you find the first free thing that's out there and it looks like it's it gets good reviews well, if you take the time mm -hmm. to really to not to not wait until you really need it so you can get the job done because yeah. I've got all these, all these other ideas I want yeah. to be able to do um, you know so so I think that's that's where it almost sort of behooves us like me and Sam and you know all of us here at the LRC to to be aware of what's out mm -hmm. there so that when it to sort of be kind of prepared yeah. so that if a teacher says, I'm looking for something that, you know, lets me record audio and, you know, fly, then we've already looked. <laughs> well, hey, when you find that, please let me know. Yeah. I'm very interested in that. Teleporting? I mean, it's, that would be... Because, <laughs> yeah, great reviews. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you raise the challenge of adequate training for teachers. I think something that we often forget is that students still need training too. Right. We assume because they basically grew up with their phone in their hand um, that they know how to use technology, mm -hmm. but they don't necessarily. We know that from from uh, research studies. Um, so especially, you know, thinking about language-related things like typing diacritics or things like that, or maybe yeah. quickly recording something and, and sharing it with an instructor. Um, not all students necessarily know how to do that. So I think that's something to keep in mind that we not only need to train the instructors, but also make sure that the students know how to use the technology effectively. Uh, yeah, absolutely true. Um, so what is one of your personal uh, favorite technology or app for language learning? Well, uh, I, I really... I'd have to say it's one that we uh, haven't really even talked about today yet. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, and, and, and frankly, one that uh, I haven't even really utilized all that much myself, very, very uh, in a small capacity, but that's gaming. Hmm. Um, mm -hmm. I'm actually not really a gamer yeah. myself. I'm not, um, I'm not just into the, into, uh, you know, the latest. Yeah. Uh, whatever you know, Xbox, etc. But um, but I'm very very interested in you know certainly the potential for language. You know, it seems to me like when we talk about immersion, mm -hmm. gaming, oh absolutely, and uh, and then you know, and then when you start again, I'm I, I kind of conflate things, but you know, if we're talking about virtual reality, gaming, distance learning, you know, the convergence of these things gets us to a really, really interesting place um, where, you know, I think I would be personally very successful at learning a language. If, if there was a Korean program yeah. that was, you know, a, I don't know, a hunt or even a puzzle or, you know, some, mm -hmm. something interesting, 
uh, where it was basic Korean. I mean, the, the content, whatever, in whatever format, yeah. which is some sort of basic Korean concept. Uh, I think I would pick it up quickly. I would want to learn. Mm-hmm. I would want to play, uh, you know, just to put on those, go- have an excuse to put yeah. on the goggles. <laughs> uh, I think, I think there's a lot to that. So, yeah. um, even though I don't have a lot of experience with it, that's yeah. my favorite because mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I really see so much potential. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever it takes to, to motivate learners or users. Right. Right. Yeah. I personally, uh, like talk abroad which is a platform that connects students with native speakers in the target culture mm. um, via Skype. So it's Great. almost like online dating. You oh. pick your conversation partner. Right. Right. Exactly. Based on different uh, regions in a specific country, or you can, you know, simply based on scheduling or based on, on mm. shared interests. Um, and I've, I've worked with that platform and students really like it and, it gives them a glimpse into um, the target culture. And and most importantly, the native speakers tend to be the same age as our undergraduate students oh, are. Oh, yeah, I see. And I think that's often um, also an area that we can build on in university classrooms, right, to expose students to more than just sure. one native or, or proficient speaker of the language. Right, right. Yeah, we could probably do 200 episodes talking about technology. <laughs> I Maybe know we it. should have a tech podcast That's too. Right. Speaking of of technology. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I'm in. Well, hey Dan, it was great to have you on the show. Thank you so much for joining me. Absolutely my pleasure. Um, as a reminder, the thoughts and ideas in this podcast reflect the ideas of the people behind the lovely voices and are in no way an endorsement of the products that we discussed. Next week, we will expand on episode three of our season. Jeremy Thompson, research associate and lecturer in plant pathology and plant microbiology, will join our podcast. Jeremy incorporates a foreign language across the curriculum, or FLAC, and also a jumpstart course in Spanish in his molecular diagnostic techniques course. He will talk about the two-week winter break field trip to the vineyards of Chile that is part of his course, and how Flack and Jumpstart prepare his students for their work abroad. Until then, auf Wiederhören! The Language Resource Center is located on the ground floor of Stimson Hall on Cornell's main campus in Ithaca, New York. Check us out on the web at lrc.cornell.edu or look for Cornell LRC on Facebook and Twitter. Speaking of Language is produced by Sam Lupowitz and Dan Gable. Recorded by Sam Lupowitz. Original music by Sam Lupowitz, Dan Gable, and Joe Gibson. Thanks also to the College of Arts and Sciences at Cornell University. As a reminder, the ideas and opinions expressed on this podcast do not reflect those of the College of Arts and Sciences or any other official entity of Cornell University. We thank our listeners and do stay tuned for our next episode.